Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Oh, I really enjoy Q&A Thursdays because it's my chance to talk directly at slash to you slash with you. If you were here, we would speak together, but it's a one-way conversation that is inclusive of you because you have emailed me, Facebooked me, Twittered me, I don't know, private messaged me, all those various things. I'm available 24-7 just for you. Grace tweeted me. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't know, someone said Twitter's dead. I mean, they're always, someone's always declaring one various social media dead. I'm still on it, so hey, keep looking. At uh, Save the Date PC is where you will find me. Grace, who is at Grace KXLY, says, Feeling pretty budget savvy today. Spent $29 on my Save the Dates thanks to my sister's BF designing them and printing them myself. See? Grace, you're a legend. You clearly listened and learned from the wonderful episode that I did recently with Jess from the Budget Savvy Bride because she talked all about wedding printables and doing it yourself. And 29 bucks is a fucking bargain, if I just say so myself. Sorry for the swears. That's probably my earliest swear. One minute in, she's already said fuck. Good one. Leah Parry says, Hey, Alicia, just listening to episode 101 now. 99 done. Number 99 done, I think she means. Working my way backwards. Oh, I like that. Former wedding day coordinator. Now planning my own day. Oh, I love when vendors and uh, wedding planners listen to the show. I get some really good feedback. If you are a wedding professional and you haven't said hello to me, do. I love hearing from you and I love hearing suggestions. Some of my great online friends who I like to say, send me articles and themes and suggestions for the show. And I am really grateful because it's you You guys are the ones that are in deep. You're in deep. You know what's going down. You know the trends. You know the problems. So I really appreciate it hearing from you. Also, I want to just have a quick second to say thank you to the people that are sending me wonderful iTunes reviews. I am asking for them and you are giving them to me, which is just so helpful. I don't want to get into the boring side of podcasting, but one of the things is you need to get reviews on iTunes in order to be more searchable and findable, which is a new sort of word that I've just made up there. So by you leaving a review, just taking one minute, just bumps me up the list so more bride chillers can find it. So I wanted to just share two really quick reviews that have come in this week. M. Mm, Fabian from Canada. See, I love it because I can see where you're from. She says, or he, this podcast is awesome for someone who is just starting out with wedding planning. I'm learning so many tips while also laughing out loud throughout. Thanks, Alicia. With your help, I'm on my way to being a bride chiller. Oh my God. And you use the word bride chiller. A thousand thank yous. D-Tran from the USA. D-Tran, that's how I'm going to now say that, says Alicia provides awesome wedding planning tips, great interviews with bloggers in the wedding industry, and a lot of good humor and fun. She's realistic when it comes to managing expectations and super down to earth. Such a joy to listen to. I find every chance I get to recommend it to friends. I love you so much. And that's why I don't sing. Thank you, ladies and gents whatever sex you may be, I very much appreciate the time that you've taken and hopefully the iTunes algorithms also, are, you know, thank you. God, shut up. So, okay, 
It is a Q&A episode if you are new to the show. Mondays, I do themed episodes. I try and bring guests on. We talk about themed things to do with wedding planning. Thursdays, all about Q&As where I answer your questions. All you need to do is visit savethedatepodcast.com. You can send me an email. You can leave me a voice message which is not scary at all. It's just like talking to a friend. And you can also message me via Facebook, which is what Jillian has done. I actually answered a question of Jillian's a couple of weeks ago. She asked about being a vegetarian and how perhaps to include her or pescatarian um, lifestyle into her wedding planning. And I got some really good feedback about that from other listeners who are also trying to incorporate their lifestyle. Perhaps it's also to do with religion, people that necessarily want to, you know, pass on what they enjoy eating and how they are living their life to their guests, which I think is perfectly reasonable. Jillian wrote back to me, gosh, I love hearing responses from you, by the way. If I answer your question and you've got something else to say, write to me. She says, Alicia, firstly, thank you. I could have yelled that, but I respect your ears. For the awesome episode, I nearly shat a brick. In your words, thank you. When I heard my name mentioned, I literally screamed and laughed out loud the entire ride home listening to quote unquote my episode. (laughs) I can't tell you how exciting it was and how much it meant to me that you took the time to answer my question in such a detailed and thoughtful way. My fiance and man of honor say I'm basically a celebrity now, which is obviously super cool. I promise to send many, many more questions your way for now. How about sending bills to no-show guests? And she has linked a very funny uh, link to a very funny article that was on USA Today a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I wanted to share it with you because it really made me giggle and also go, "Holy cow!" People are crazy in the coconut. Now I just have to play you a little audio clip from the USA Today uh, website just to explain this story that Jillian has sent through to me. It was a couple weeks ago, Jessica Baker was getting ready to go to a wedding with her husband when she got a call from her mom. She had called at the last minute. She had something come up um, and said, I can't make it. Her mom was supposed to watch their kids, and since the invitation said no children, that meant no wedding. But then yesterday, the mail came. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Inside, a bill for the dinner they were supposed to have enjoyed. It listed that um, we would have had two herb-crusted walleye, um, and then there was also a service and tax charge. For a total of $75.90. I guess I don't know what the right answer would have been, what the right thing to do would have been. So, okay, that's mental. Someone has sent her a bill for not being able to turn up to the wedding. Now, granted, she did let the person know that her mum wasn't able to go to the wedding sort of at the last minute. But life happens, stuff happens, and you've got to be prepared for the fact that sometimes some people will say they're coming to your wedding and something happens and they can't. And uh, I just think when when I received the, the email from Julian, it really made me laugh because I thought, oh my gosh, there are so many people out there from all walks of life that have different expectations of each other, but the balls on whoever sent that bill, oh my goodness. I want to know more about the story. I need to do some more Google stalking, but I just had to share that with you because I thought this is, this is probably, you know, as we always say, reluctant to say bridezilla because this gives women, especially, I would say, 
couples in general that are planning a wedding, but probably more chicks because I can see people getting bridezilla saying, this is a bridezilla, she's mental, uh, it gives everyone a bad name. Now, I, you know, weddings are expensive. It sucks that mum couldn't go, but sending a bill is a bit of an asshole move. That's the nicest way I could put it. It's an asshole move. And I don't think I would be then sending them a gift. I want to know if the girl went to the wedding, if the daughter went to the wedding. I'm sorry I've left you with lots of questions, but uh, I just thought if you were having a bad time with your RSVPs, because I know how slack people are when it comes to returning RSVPs, and we've tried to really hone in on how we can fix that. I don't know if it's a, it's something easily fixed, but when it comes to someone screwing you over, I would say don't send them a bill. Don't be charging them for a dinner that they haven't eaten. It might not be good for extending or continuing your friendship in the future. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thank you for sending me that. I do get a giggle. If you have something that is wedding-related or not even. I mean, I've had people send me just funny gifs or gifs, depending on who you're talking to. I really love a bit of a laugh. Share it with me. It gives me something to do in the day. So, Gillian, thank you very, very much for sending that through. Um, very funny. And she did want to say the message afterwards, P.S. I would never in a million years consider doing this, but I thought it was hilarious and had to share it with you. Thank you. So today on the show, I am answering Q&A questions and I decided to actually bring in a guest Q&A answerer because I had a question up my sleeve that I found a little tricky and I thought, you know who will help me out with this? Nova from New Bride. Nova is coming on in a few weeks to actually talk about wedding politics, all about how we can handle the bureaucracies of the day, the bitchiness, the family problems, talking about money, having to overcome history in the family of perhaps someone not liking someone or 20 years ago someone said something that annoyed them and they don't want to come to the wedding because that other person's going to be there. It's all this. It's white noise that you end up having to deal with because it's your wedding and it can get really annoying and and really hardcore. So we thought we'd sit down and try and come up with some practical advice to help you through the politics of planning a wedding. And what's lovely about this episode is it doesn't mean you have to be having a crisis or something major. We just want to talk about the little hiccups that happen along the way. Even if everyone gets along, there's always something that happens that just irks you or you go, oh, I could have handled that better or that could have been handled better if I'd figured out a way to, to talk about the problem. So that's what we want to do. That's coming up in uh, a couple of weeks and we will be delighted to hear your feedback about that episode as well because that's what makes this show amazing, you. All right, let's head to a quick, very short break, and then we'll get to the question with Nova. I love having special question and answerer answerers on the show, and you'll hear in an upcoming podcast, I have the wonderful Nova from New Pride, and I've grabbed her just post-show to ask her to answer a question. Does that make sense, Nova? It makes perfect sense, Alicia. Thank you. I'm an absolute professional. This this question is from the wonderful Victoria, who actually tweeted me and went, when are you answering my question? I need a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, I like this. So I've said, I promise I will get this done. I get a lot of questions and you just got to try and power through them. I need to maybe do a Q&A a day. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Oh, see, I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> 
Rachel divorced me. Um, she says, Alicia, I have a question for you about etiquette surrounding wedding venues. My maid of honour got married four years ago at a beautiful location in Charlestown, South Carolina. I did an accent. Where we both grew up. Uh, it's an extremely popular location with two venues, a larger, more expensive plantation house and a smaller carriage house next door. Both venues are available to rent for weddings. My maid of honour and her husband paid for their wedding completely by themselves, so they had a modest budget of around $14,000, still quite a lot of money, and opted for the less expensive carriage house. It was a beautiful wedding, and kudos to them for throwing something so fancy on a budget. Good on you, Victoria. Here is my question. I recently got engaged to my fiancé, and we are lucky enough that both sets of our parents are splitting costs of the wedding 50-50. I thought this is a good question for you because you're here in our upcoming episode. Nova and I are talking about wedding politics and a lot about cash. Victoria goes on, she says, which means we have a generous wedding budget of around 40 grand. <whistles> Sorry if that hurt your ears. The company that owns the, uh, the I'm going to say, I don't want to say the company here. The company that owns the properties owns several other properties that we're looking at as potential venues and my wedding planner booked a tour. When my maid of honor found out we might be having our wedding at the same location, but in a more expensive and nicer venue, she was very upset and told me that it was tasteless and tacky to one-up her wedding. Luckily, I did fall in love with one of the other properties and it wasn't an issue, but I'm curious, can you call dibs on a wedding location and in a place as popular as Charlestown, is there dibs? Is the dibs ever going to expire? What is the etiquette on using a friend's venue later on? Thanks. Love you. Lovely show. Now, that was a long question, but I thought it was important to share her story because it gives the backing of what she's doing. And she's been very honest about budget and money and relationships. Five points to you, Victoria. Nova? What do I think? I think um, I'm going to use a, a an exact same scenario that happened with two very good friends of mine and um, I was bridesmaid for one friend who had their wedding many years ago at a beautiful hotel with lovely grounds and um, must have been about seven years later another one of our close friends got married at the same venue before she booked it she did ask my friend, if she would mind. She did. She did. And my friend said, you know, I don't, own, I don't own the copyright. Of course, if you want to get married there, you know, my wedding will remain my wedding uh, and, and yours will be very different, you know. Of course. It's your choice where you get married. So I guess there's, there's obviously an unspoken etiquette. Um, I don't think anyone should be having dibs on a venue, though. If you choose to, you know, where you choose to get married is yours and your partner's choice and no one else's. And to have been labelled tacky for even considering getting married somewhere else, I think is a great shame that that, um, a close friend who was your maid of honour isn't open to being a bit more flexible about that. And um, I don't imagine that she's wanting to get married in the grander venue to to do one up on her friend but no. you know to to just have a wedding that she enjoys and you know they've both got great taste in that sense they both love the venue and if it's a great venue and and you have great memories there from from your maid of honor's wedding and you want to have one there that to me would be a great compliment um and i think no two weddings will ever be the same um i think that's a shame i think that's a shame that she's responded in that way um, I think it would have been 
maybe helpful to just gauge to see how she felt yeah. maybe earlier I don't know but I, I don't think you're required to no no I agree and I think it's interesting the money stuff as well yeah. you know in my friendship group I've got friends that have spent a lot a lot of money and then then probably we're in the lower echelons of what we got away with really and everyone has different ideas about value and where they put their money and how much you is is good value and how much you're willing to go into debt or spend money you know so I think that's an interesting point that she did say they really work their asses off to be able to afford it and perhaps she's been lucky to have access to more cash mm. which she did say is wonderful so do you think there might be undertones there from the maid of honor that she's feeling a little um uh, insecure know. maybe yeah. insecurity and I think you know the psychology of money is huge um you know how what we associate with with expense and and extravagance and and how some people feel a certain way about that I think it's yeah the psychology of it is absolutely enormous um but I think actually what we spend on our wedding is none of anybody else's business other than our own yeah um, couldn't agree more uh you know and whether we choose to have a lavish grand event that costs a hundred k whether we choose to have something that's 40k or whether we choose to spend something like 10 grand it, it, it's nobody's business but the couples and I think anyone who is, is wanting to share their their strong opinion about that is well there's something else going on there's something underlying Mm. Uh, yeah and I think money we talk about this in our episode coming up money talk is hard anyway and I do think once once you start disclosing stuff uh, it, it can be risky and tricky when you are dealing with people that don't have the same money ideas so perhaps the lesson is keep strong keep it in the vault or if you want to disclose then perhaps be ready for some conversations that are a little maybe hairy I think so I think you know again it's your choice I think yeah just just be aware that 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 the conversation about money is challenging for some people people have strong opinions so I don't think you should censor yourself and not talk about money if you no. choose to. But, yeah, I, I think you do. Need, sadly, you need to be prepared that, that not everyone is going to be as open-minded um, as you might be about where you choose to spend your money. It's very fascinating. Oh, it's, it is incredibly fascinating. I think I, I often just say, if we go back 20 years now, it's a completely different scenario. The wedding industry has changed so much and people's expectations of where people spend their money. I had um, a meeting this week with my other life, my other job, <laughs> and was talking about the podcast and this lovely lady that was in the meeting with me said, oh, my friendship group has just had a big drama because the wedding that we'd just gone to a couple of weeks ago, one of their friends was a single gal. She chose not to stay the night. She couldn't afford to stay the night. They were getting married in the country, so she trained back that night, and she only gave people 50 pounds as a gift or whatever. And it was really interesting hearing that this had sort of imploded within their friendship group and think, well, my heart went out to the single... I've been that single girl at weddings and gone... I'm on a single. I'm in living in a share house. I can't afford to give you hundreds of dollars or pounds in, in part in gifts. And I've already come to hens nights and all this other stuff. So it was really, it was a really candid conversation that I wanted to share with you because it was. I just thought we sometimes don't put ourselves in other people's shoes. Yes, and we forget that that we're not on the same boat. We forget that, and I think that's something I'm a huge advocate for in terms of. 
my therapy work as well. It's like thinking about the other person. Well, you know, get curious. Why, you know, why is that conjuring up that behaviour? Why, why is that line of questioning? What's going on? You know, it's it's never black and white. There's always something else. And I think, yeah, we don't put ourselves in other people's shoes, and 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 we need to consider you know, the expectations that we're placing on, on the people who are involved in our wedding day and the expense. You know, we don't all come from the same financial background. We don't, we're not all raised with the same culture about money. Um, so just having an open mind about it. Um, I can understand why your listener's friend may be feeling like she's doing a one-up because she's going in the bigger venue that's more grounded and it sounds like it may have been the venue that she would have liked to have had. Yes, I agree. It sounds like I'm making an assumption based on an email. But the reaction is quite strong. So that's why I imagine that might be going on. And, yeah, it's a real shame. I hope they patch it up. I hope that... I hope so. Yeah. That you, you know, obviously there's a bit of time coming out before the wedding and maybe you just need to sort of rebuild, mend, band-aid, be honest have a nice time together and try and get to it. And maybe, and this is controversial, a lot of people wouldn't do this, but maybe sit down and have that conversation to say, let's fix this. Why? Why? I don't think it's controversial at all, and I think I would encourage your listener to do that. Actually, just the two of them, spend some time together. If if she's... If she, was she her maid of honour or is she her maid of honour? She's going to be her maid of yeah, honour. So this is a close friend. So spend some time together, just the two of you, and just have an honest conversation about, you know, why and also what's that about and, you know, what can I do to help? How do we fix this? How do we move forward? Especially if she decides to book that venue because yeah. I don't think she should censor what she and her partner want for their wedding day. Um, nobody owns the copyright to a venue. And also you just don't want those bad vibes hanging around for the next 6, 12 months because that's shit. That's what I'm saying. That's something underlying. That's why I said have a conversation and and chat and figure it out. Get it out on the table. Get it out on the table. And it just might be, who knows? Who knows? But, you you know, there's something more than just her not wanting you to book the venue. There's something more than that. And, And those conversations really do sort of, you know, when you're feeling that tension and you feel that, oh, unspoken mm. you're feeling weird she's probably feeling weird at the moment just going well i've got to be in my bonnet about that yeah, and I'm how does she even consider it yeah so maybe again as we're just saying sitting down and saying listen we really just got to fix this the weight really lifts when you have those conversations and they're totes orcs there's no doubt about it yeah but i think initially they're awkward but then they're fine you know if it's a close friend or you know a good you know it, it's it's awkward at first but then it's fine it's a relief and you go thank you for bringing that up you're ballsy you're wonderful let's yeah. just fix it and go back to have champagne fix it move on you both know where you stand you can manage your expectations and then you just move on so yeah i think they need to have the conversation whether or not she decides to book that venue Great advice. This is why I have you on. I'm glad to help. I hope it helps. I hope it does too. Victoria, write to us. Tell us how you are. Because I know you've been waiting to hear that question and answer. So, Teresa's got to get on to it. Uh, now, listen, in a couple of weeks' time, you will be able to hear Nova and I talking about politics. Actually, this is a great question for you because it really does lead on to what we are speaking about, trying to provide some solutions to crazy people scenarios and events that we call weddings that we call the w word sometimes we don't want to talk about it (laughs) the w word ignites the most curious behavior in all of us yeah big time big time until then i bid you adieu toodles Oh, it's always lovely to hear Nova's voice. And uh, yeah, just listen ahead of time. She's going to be in episode 100 and mm, let me see. 
109. That's the episode she's going to be in, which is not next Monday, but the Monday after talking about this Monday's coming episode in about four days time. It is a doozy. I have, I have guests coming out of the jingos. I really do. It's, it's really nice to see that so many people are happy to come on and talk about their areas of expertise when it comes to weddings. And this one is great. Tony Wynyard is a UK DJ. However, he has played all over the world. I mean, what this guy hasn't done in the world of DJing, no one's done it, really. He's the head of the Wedding DJs Association in the UK. He knows all the ins and outs of making sure you get your wedding entertainment right. If you remember, in episode 41, if my memory serves me correctly, I talked to the wonderful Shola Kay and she is a wedding singer. And I see this as a bit of an extension, 50 episodes later, of that episode. And uh, Tony is wonderful because he's also a wedding MC. He is not the standard disc jockey guy. I always say these douchey guys called Steve. I'm sorry to all the Steves out there, but you know, we've all been to an event or a wedding where the DJ gets up and plays lots of music you don't want to hear doesn't listen to the audience or the guests and uh, just packs up and goes home. And that is the opposite of what Tony does. Tony loves his work. He's got some amazing advice about how to get your wedding music list down pat. Also how to really make a good connection with your wedding DJ because when you think about it, the music is such a huge part of the day. Do not leave this to be an afterthought. Don't get your cousin John, who's got a great collection of music on his bloody iTunes, to do the to do the music. Because to be honest, music can really make or break an event. And I say that with the utmost seriousness. Some of the best times in my life have been getting up and dancing at a wedding. And I've also been severely disappointed by shitty bands and shitty music selections. I know that's brutal, but also like you've heard me say before... I love Radiohead, but they do not work well on a wedding dance floor playlist. And if your cousin perhaps has a whole iPod, iPad, whatever, full of Radiohead music, it's not going to make for great entertainment for your wedding. So Tony and I really delve deep into how to make sure you plan the day properly. You think about all different facets of the day and the different sorts of music that work with the different parts of the day. That's also really important. It's just not about the after-dinner dancing. It's about the music before you arrive, the music after the ceremony. You've got the bloody guest book signing music. So much stuff. And Tony has an answer for everything. He's great talent. He's a really uh, interesting guy. Please listen on Monday. Subscribe, and then it's going to be auto-downloaded to whatever device that you listen to the show on. If you enjoy the show... Please rate, review, subscribe, and spread that bride chiller word. Hashtag all of your stuff with bride chiller. That is going to be a way to uh, spread the word. And also I can see it, retweet it, share it. I love it. Until Monday, my pretties, have a fabulous weekend wherever you are, whatever you are doing. And I will talk to you soon. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.